recovery and to let you know that a new day, a new dawn on your recovery is possible. So one of the things I do is I teach yoga and I have a really good time at it. And today in class, I started my group in what's called crocodile pose. And it's a very, very complicated pose. You lie on your belly, you place both palms down, you rest your forehead on your hands. So yoga is an all handstands and arm balances at sunsets. Yoga is not what you see on Instagram, but that's another topic for another podcast. Today, I want to talk about the story behind crocodile pose. So there is a lesser known Hindu goddess, and I am not even going to try to butcher the Sanskrit. I'm not gifted in Sanskrit. And she rides on the back of a crocodile. So whenever we do crocodile pose, I like to tell the story of this goddess, and she is the goddess of never being not broken. Yes, that's what I said, of never being not broken. In other words, she is the goddess of falling apart all the time. We think in our life that we are going to be happy when we reach this imaginary goal, that when we make this amount of money, then we're going to be happy. When we get into this relationship, when we meet the right person, when we have a child, when our child does this, when we get this job, when we move to this place, and there's all these external markers. A friend of mine had this really cute little, it was a little sculpture. And you know the picture of the donkey with the stick and the carrot? And the donkey will keep walking to try to get the carrot, but of course it's a stick and it's always going to remain a fixed distance away from him. It was that idea, except it was a person in a suit, and on the end of the stick was a dollar sign. But you can put a dollar sign on the end of that stick. You can put a relationship status. You can put whatever you want on the end of that stick. It's the same as the donkey. No matter how hard we strive, we're never getting to that thing because it's on a stick. Now, the stick obviously is a metaphor. So back to being never being not broken. We think that we have to have it all together. There are sayings about getting your stuff together, pull yourself together. Everything requires us to be together, to be okay. And I've talked about this before. I had always figured when I had reached a certain point in my life that the playbook was, I was going to get the adult playbook. And in this playbook, there was going to be the answers. And that was it. I would be an adult. I would know everything. Boom. Done never happened. I turned 20, didn't happen. I turned 30, didn't happen. And I'm actually kind of grateful now that I don't know all the answers and that I never will. And one of the things I like about having the privilege of getting older is that I get to grow older towards a beginner's mind. We start out in childhood with just the most amazing beginner's mind. We're fascinated by a blade of grass, by a bug, by our own feet. And we think that somehow growing up and maintaining that innocence, these are two exclusive things and you can't be grown up and maintain wonder. And when we get older, a lot of times people gravitate back towards that wonder. And if you're really lucky, you don't forget that and that you maintain a sense of wonder your whole life. But being not broken. So here is the the concept of, you know, what if, We're never supposed to get it all together. What if we never figure it out? What if 
Your life isn't about crossing that imaginary finish line that you've given yourself or that society has set up for yourself that has told you that this is what you need to be happy. If it's a body type, if it's whatever it is, what if that's not true? What if that is just something that we've been fed and that we've swallowed and it's not true that we are meant to be messy and that we are meant to be broken. And I don't mean that, you know, in the way people like to say, oh, I'm broken, I'm no good. And and they use it as an excuse to throw a really lavish pity party. When I say, you know, never being not broken, broken means that when life knocks you to your knees, that you get up again. Brené Brown has spent her life researching and documenting shame and vulnerability. And if you haven't heard of her, please look her up. She's on YouTube. She's got a couple of TED Talks. She even has a Netflix special. But she talks about vulnerability and shame. And one of my favorite things, one of my favorite quotes from her is about what being heroic actually is. And what she said is, it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself for a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. But I love the image of the credit belonging to the man or woman who is in the arena, actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly and who falls down and gets up and who falls down and gets up. And she talks about the only way to be courageous is to be vulnerable, to allow yourself to get knocked down, to break. Leonard Cohen, a Canadian songwriter and poet, in one of my favorite of his songs, says, Ring the bells you still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. So it's this idea of being not perfect, of never being not broken. That is where we should live not in the constant striving with that stick dangling in front of us. Whatever it is that we have hung on that stick that we think that we need to get to, to be happy. And I know a lot of the reason that I drank is because I was so profoundly unhappy. And it wasn't anything to do with my circumstances. That was one of the the big revelations to me is I looked up one day and realized I had, I had reached the end of my stick. I got the thing that I wanted and it didn't make me happy. That in itself was a horrible and bitter pill to swallow because I didn't know what else to do after I got the thing. And you see this in people, people who win the lottery or people who marry the person of their dreams or who have great success 
and then are really unhappy because you think, well, if only if I could get enough money to get a house this big or to get a car like this, well, then I'm going to be happy. But the saying is, wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, you take yourself. In all of your problems, you are the common denominator. So unless you deal with what is inside yourself, then you aren't going to be happy. And that's the process of learning to stop numbing with, for me, it was with alcohol, but there's a hundred different ways you can numb not feeling enough or feeling broken and thinking that it's not okay to be broken. You can do it with shopping. You can do it with gambling. You can do it with drugs. You can do it with anything you imagine. It's not the behavior. It's the thinking. It's the thinking that makes you miserable. So when Leonard Cohen's in his words or his lyrics where he says, there's a crack in everything. That is where the light gets in. Think about it. Once you break your heart, it is more open. The people who have been through the worst, the most horrible times, the ones who have had their hearts broken, who have been knocked to their knees in the arena, who are bloodied and muddied and who have found a path back, those are the ones who are the most empathetic. The people who haven't had or chosen to avoid major adversity in their lives lack an understanding and an empathy of what that's like. And the closest thing I can come up with as a reason for suffering in this life is that one, it cracks you open, it breaks you, it makes you more empathetic. And then you are there for the person who comes along next, whose heart is broken and doesn't know if they can even make another day. And you're there to say, yeah, I know, I've been there. And you do make another day. But without that empathy, without that understanding of what it feels to be broken, what it feels like to be in pain, then we are not able to be there authentically, completely and empathetically for other people. And ultimately, I think that is the purpose of suffering. And we spend, especially alcoholics, addicts, we spend so much of our life really trying to avoid that pain. It is so uncomfortable to be in our own skins and we just don't want to do that. Thanks. No, this is feeling painful. I'm just going to take, you know, I'm just going to have a drink. I'm just going to have a bottle of wine. For me, it was at the end, it was straight whiskey. I didn't even bother with wine anymore. Because to feel that heartbreaking, to feel your knees hitting the mud, to feel you know the pain that life will hand you over and over again. Life isn't always easy. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's staggeringly beautiful and joyous. But without the contrast of times when it's not, if you didn't experience heartbreak, then you wouldn't experience joy as completely. If you didn't understand what pain was, then you wouldn't know just how wonderful it is just to feel no pain, just to feel normal. Have you ever had a really, really bad headache where you, you know, you, all you can do is just lie there and then notice that you don't have the headache anymore and then just feeling normal becomes such a blessing and feels so wonderful. So I think we need to feel these painful things in our life that we need to feel broken, that we need to have our hearts open by pain to let us experience the joys in life. My uh, AA sponsor, a very wise woman, 
uh, and this might not be her quote, but I do love it. She says, you know, when you get sober, you feel better. And this is true. You feel a lot of things better. You feel pain better. You feel joy better. You feel anguish better. You feel happiness better. You laugh louder. You cry harder. You feel better. And that's the thing that we try to avoid by drinking is we try to avoid feeling. We're really just trying to avoid the bad feelings. But when you drink to numb, you numb everything. There's a version of Japanese uh, pottery and I, I believe you can actually get kits for this now, and I can't even remember the term of it, but it's an ancient practice. And when a, a clay pot was broken, instead of throwing it out, what they would do is they would seal the cracks with gold. And then the thing that was broken became more valuable and more beautiful. So you, and you can look these up, beautiful broken pots that have been repaired with gold. And that is what happens when you allow yourself to be broken. Or as my favorite Hindu goddess, the goddess of never being not broken, when you allow yourself room for that, you give yourself permission to feel pain and to know that it's okay to be messed up. One of my favorite quotes is, you know, when you're having a bad day, to remember that if you're having a bad day, your survival rate of the worst times of your life is 100%. At this point in your life, you have survived every bad day. So I think that should give you a bit of confidence in your ability to survive the one that you might be going through right now. And just to bring another quote from Brené Brown, because I adore the woman. She says, choose courage over comfort. Choose whole hearts over armor and choose the great adventure of being brave and afraid at the exact same time. And that's what courage is. Courage isn't fearlessness. Courage is being afraid and doing something anyhow. So I invite you today to be brave, to be courageous, to be okay with being a little messed up, maybe a lot messed up and a little broken. And I hope I've given you something today to think about, something that's a little practical that you can use in your life. And know this podcast will always be here and you can always come back here and I will try to offer something every podcast that is helpful and that you can take out into your regular life. If you want, you can get on a call with me. Go to chatwithruth.com. There's a little button there that you can click and set up a free 30-minute call with me. And I will go through things that can help you feel a little better in this moment. If you're struggling in recovery, I'll remind you that you're not alone, that you have a tribe and that there is a way through this. And the reason that I can be empathetic and that I can talk to you is that I understand the pain that causes you to drink or use or whatever it is that you're doing. The shame that you're holding on to, I felt that shame. And it's okay to let it go. And if you want to come on and have a conversation with me, it's a free 30-minute call. I'll give you a couple of things to do couple of things that will make you feel inspired. Like I said, maybe you've heard them before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe this time is a time that you hear something that it actually hits and you think, oh wait, I can use that. I understand that now. Go to chatwithruth.com, sign up for a call, come back here, listen to the podcast, 
Give yourself permission today to be a little broken, to be okay where you are, and to understand that you are already a beautiful, perfect, flawed human being, and that you're not alone. I'm Ruth Dade, the Recovery Coach. I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day.